Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, Yeah. how you doing? Uh, just uh, uh, w- once again, uh, uh, aghast at the audacity of rich people sometimes. Okay. What a, In a way that I'm almost jealous what of. What did we do now? <laughs> now? On the drive here, I was behind a Porsche okay. with the personalized license plate, drunk. <laughs> right that's ballsy it is yeah right uh i i i i can't imagine because uh, i it, it's i mean it's an it's an invitation it was like a bright blue porsche yeah. like carrera i don't know yeah. much about porsches or was porsches. the person driving well um they were yeah okay <laughs> yes yeah. you have to i felt safe <laughs> yeah you really have to be on your best yeah. behavior um it reminded me i used to have a shirt Back when we lived together, I had a shirt that I would like sleep in. There was a long sleeve shirt mm-hmm. that said sober on it. And it was yeah. like, I think the point it was supposed to be like a, you know, you call the big guy tiny type of yeah, right, type, yes, of, type yes. of deal. But um, anyway, uh, I was just thrown for the loop by the drunk license. Plate. Well, and also that's the thing is on one hand, yes, of course, you're welcoming a cop to pull you over. But also that seems like just such a cry for help <laughs> to your friends as well. It's like, hey, look at my license plate. They're like. Yeah, are you okay? Uh, it just seems like so, what a weird thing to identify yourself as. There's a guy, and I was part of me is surprised that they let you do that. Yeah, because there's a guy uh, I don't know him. And in fact, I don't even know for sure it's a guy. Uh, it's like a muscle car, so I guess I assumed it was a guy mm-hmm. uh, at my work whose license plate is in hell. Oh, right. Um, I know, and he's got a personalized. He's got a personalized. He's got a reserved spot. At my work, and I want to meet him and be like, "Why didn't you ask for spot six six six? Oh, sure. Um, probably because he doesn't want to go all the way down to P six or whatever. Yeah. But uh, if you have a, if you have a reserve spot at a building, the point is that you don't have to go all the way down to the bottom, right? But uh, anyway, he, he's not going to be that on brand. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that so that's what I, that's what I spend my day. I spend my day my day looking at license plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of good ones recently. I saw a Funk Machine that was a purple nice. a purple car. I can't remember what it was. Funk Machine on the it would have to be purple. Highway, but, I feel like right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I spend my day listening to music and podcasts on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Mm-hmm. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great tyler you and i use them each and every day of our lives today i've been listening to you know a uh you know i i keep up on new music Mm -hmm. and i'm into metal a little bit yes and uh, more than a little bit but yeah well i'm i'm always uh i'm always aware of like which metal bands or which metal albums like cross over and get reviewed by like a a pitchfork yeah um and it's usually like a it's either like a big name metal band or it's like a a metal band most the mainstream uh hasn't heard of but have a really great album Mm -hmm. and so i was pleased to see that the new album uh which is all the talk uh of the metal community uh got a very good review on pitch pitchfork by the band blood incantation so i was listening to blood incantation today sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that already low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension Tyler, yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Uh, we have a, a very exciting uh, guest for us, someone we've wanted to have on for a while, but you and I are bad at asking people to be on the show. That's true. We used to be very good. Yeah. And then just 
got really complacent, I suppose. Uh, yeah. We, um, uh, but I'm glad this, this finally worked out because we've wanted this person on the show for a while. Uh, he's got a podcast as well. He's a host. He's an actor. And of course, he is near and dear to our hearts because Tyler and I, uh, when we first lived together in college, our first time away from home together, we watched a lot of Beat the Geeks. Aww, and so uh, our guest today is J. Keith Van Stratton. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much. What a nice introduction. <laughs> I was, I was, that was my annual moment of sincerity. Oh, okay. yes. yeah. That was very, that was very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so I'm was, very askable. You can always ask me. I know. We, yeah, Anyone we listening, it. you got a podcast? As long as I can promote my podcast, and I don't have to talk about you know Nazis or something. Then, oh uh, boy, that's, yeah. this is uncomfortable. Because I was gonna. First off, we are not gonna let you talk about your show. Oh gosh. And what's your take on this Goebbels guy? I guess I should rephrase. I okay. don't mind if I get to talk, uh, get to talk about Nazis or oh, okay. Nazis. I don't want any show that is promoting Nazis or right. Nazis. You don't want to talk to yeah. Nazis. I'm gonna go on the. I'm gonna take the hot take of anti-Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Um, a, no, hotter, a hotter take than it should be, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that a lot lately. That's I used to not have to specify yeah. that. It used to be sort of a given, but now I have to be clear. I've mentioned this before on the show. We are, we are so bad at booking guests that we failed to get back to Ed Begley Jr. Oh, no. <laughs> Wasn't that a mistake that we made No, once? no, no. We got back to him, yeah. and then he, and there was a lot of back and forth uh, eventually, uh, okay. but then it okay. just kind of faded away, like longer gaps between yeah. uh, back and forth and then I if I recall correctly it was left in the Begley camp oh okay oh, okay. you okay. gotta get him when yeah. the wind's blowing or else exactly. he, doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have power can't email you so uh, well, I was about to ask you a question Jake Keith, but you're sure. taking a drink of water so I'm gonna vamp for just a second so it it's all settled all done <laughs> Um, so I'm going to start by asking the question that I ask every first time guest, which right. is, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Oh, wow. Hot question. Uh, <laughs> Chicago, Illinois. Okay. That's, that's where of, we watched that Beat the Geeks show. Is that right? You yes. guys were at uh, some sort of university in the Chicago yeah, we area? Uh, we Columbia went to Columbia College. College. Chicago. Oh, okay. I have a yeah. cousin who goes there. Yeah. What's that? I have a cousin who goes oh, there. okay. Yes. Um, you, you study communications, I'm going to guess? We studied film and video. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's right. ways, of, those ways of communicating. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the, and that's my degree. That's Tyler's undergraduate. Because Tyler... Right. Went back to grad oh, school. Hello, so doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Please, master. Hello, master. <laughs> sounds seems like sounds gross. Yeah, it seems say. like doctor should be below master. <laughs> yeah. It does yeah, feel there like you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, from Chicago, I was there till I was uh, 14 and then came out to Los Angeles. And then uh, I've lived in New York off and on for a few years as well, but mostly okay. uh, in L.A. Wow. So you, uh, you, I, I guess I assume when someone is in the entertainment business uh-huh. that they... And that's a very kind assumption. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I would have assumed that you moved to Los Angeles right. to for your career. No, I kind of wish that I had. I think I would have been more motivated. Uh, mm. I think rather I was sort of already here, and it was sort of like, oh well, I guess my friends are doing this, getting headshots. I guess I should do that. What you're doing an acting class? I guess I should do that. And that <laughs> yeah. it really was. It just kind of was kind of that. And then I was, I was a little bit more motivated after college because I went to college in New York, and then I came back here. But again, you. you you don't have that same kind of motivation when you already have a place to stay and, you know, stayed at my sure. parents' place and mm-hmm. then, you know, had, had all my old stuff. So, uh, I, I, I sometimes had this fantasy that if I had, if I had made the big move out to LA being from somewhere else that, you know, 
suddenly I wouldn't be depressed or <laughs> unmotivated or anything like that. It's just let me go with it. Let me have it. Uh, well, I can but, tell uh, you, I mean, yeah. uh, moving to Los Angeles is weird. Can weirdly be the most depressing. Oh thing gosh. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I, at least I was used to a lot of things I mean, by then. That's true. <laughs> but I, I, I remember, I think it's, it's so counterintuitive, but the lack of like a winter mm-hmm. was weirdly depressing yeah. for me. Cause I was like, uh, I, I just remember it being like January, February, and like I had the windows open in my apartment, like my first year here. Yeah, and I was like, "This is uh, like uh, I'm not with my thoughts the way I should yeah, be." Yeah, can be like, a little I'm, disorienting. Yeah. yeah, there are definitely a couple moments where it's like, "Hey, it's December, and I'm in a t-shirt and a convertible. That's pretty cool." Yeah, and then, cool. but yeah. then other times you're like, "Who am I?" But now, why is the sky dark? After <laughs> yeah, after 14 years, now I'm totally acclimated. I yeah. drive slow in the rain. I yeah. put on a, a coat when it's 53 degrees out. Yes. Like I'm totally acclimated. You judge people point. in Porsches. <laughs> yeah. Got it all down. <laughs> Some people in Porsches. Welcome than, judgment. Yes, you no, oh, that guy with that license plate. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, yeah. He, like he wants you to. You can't be neutral on the guy with the drunk license. Sure. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I know that you just told me, but then when you said it again with the drunk license plate, it just <laughs> right. sounds so so terrible. Uh, yeah, I was raised in California, so I'm used to no. I, of course, there are seasons, mm-hmm. but it's not. They're not as pronounced yeah. as when I lived in Denver, Missouri, or, or Chicago, uh, especially this time of year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've appreciated how chilly it's been here lately. Chilly. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like California cold. It's gotten into mm-hmm. the 40s a little yeah. bit. And it's like, ah, oh, this is nice. I like this. Yeah. this is, I now prefer this winter to like the 10 degree Chicago winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and we say California cold. We're talking about Los Angeles cold because I spent Thanksgiving in the desert. My sister-in-law oh, sure. It's in the 30s. Yes. It's like almost yes, freezing down there uh, or uh, over there. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about, though. No, <laughs> it could be, uh, but no, so, I agree. So, I, so I guess you already kind of answered the question just by following your friend's lead. I was going to say, how did you get into? How did you eventually get to where Tyler and I saw you on TV in uh, 2001 or whatever when Pete the Geeks was on? Uh, yeah, no, that was it. 2001, 2002. Um, Let's see. Uh, well, I was always interested in comedy and interested. I, my background's in improv. I've been doing that since I was a kid. Hmm. And so improv, everything just kind of accidentally led to other stuff. So uh, even I, I kind of had some awareness that show business was something that existed and that I might be able to participate in, you know, once I was sort of in high school. Um, and so, uh, uh, but improv led into doing uh, sketch comedy and that led into doing stand up and that actually led into doing some animation writing just from different hmm. people I met in the different peer groups and being asked to try try different things and so uh the first time i actually decided uh what, well, what do I want to do and what, what do I think I might be pretty good at? I literally just sat down and kind of made lists of those things and realized like, oh, I wonder if hosting's a thing that would kind of fit that because mm. it had elements of improv and sketch and stand up, but I didn't really feel like I was doing any of those things in any way that I was bringing anything new to the party. But I thought, oh, hosting might be kind of interesting. And so I just, I literally just ran into a theater and picked a date and just said, all right, I'm going to do a talk show. And so I, <laughs> I just, uh, uh, yeah, I remember driving, I remember the night, the first night I was doing it, driving to the theater and just having this total out of body experience of like what what am what am i doing <laughs> like i don't know well, i have to do a monologue and had a, you know i had a sidekick and we did celebrity guests and musicians and comedians and all that and uh eventually i just kept kept doing it more and more and that got me a little bit of a reputation for hosting and that got me uh the audition for comedy central i did a different pilot for for them that didn't go but then that kind of had me in the mix of uh mm-hmm. hosts for for comedy shows for game shows they were doing and then they brought me in for uh, beat the geek so yeah. uh yeah I, I kind of owe everything i do at improv and then different 
you know, accidental <laughs> meetings since then. I imagine that's, you know, a lot of the, we, we know as, as you do a lot of comedians and many yeah. of whom have, have hosted shows and all mm-hmm. that. And when you talk to people about hosting, whether it be like stand up and having to manage a crowd and mm-hmm. occasionally talk to the crowd or improv where you have to be able to think on your feet, like mm-hmm. that does seem to just naturally lead to hosting where you need, you're responding to contestants mm-hmm. again, managing the audience and also keeping everything moving. And I know that that's something that a lot of people that we know, like a, a Bill Dwyer or a Jimmy Pardo, like they often express a certain degree of frustration that hosting so often goes to actors who yes, oh, yeah. have a name, but maybe aren't trained in this particular thing. Yeah, no, no, it, uh, it drives people crazy. Um, yeah, especially Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, and, and I mean, it, it's part of the reason that I'm kind of not really in the, the on-camera hosting mm-hmm. business anymore. I mean, I, you know, I host the podcast as, a, as one of the reasons I wanted to do this, this show that I'm doing, Go Fact Yourself, was because I did, I did miss having that, uh, you know, sort of working that part of my brain and, and having that kind of interaction and artistic expression, if you will. But uh, no, it was really frustrating. That, that was right around the time when when, when I, I was really trying to be active in it and when I was having some success. I mean, with Beat the Geeks was probably the most high-profile thing I did, but I did a whole bunch of pilots that ended up uh, not going. And it was right around that time where where uh, all of a sudden it wasn't, it wasn't they weren't looking for necessarily people who could host. They were looking for people who had a following, people who had a name. Yeah. And so you started to see people, you know, you, you go on Dancing with the Stars, and then your next step is you host a game show. Or, uh, you know, and, and then that progressed more and more to the point where you have, you know, Oscar winner Jamie Foxx is hosting a game show. He doesn't, yeah. he, what does what he need to be hosting a game show yeah, for? And so, you know, the guys who, who, if I can put myself in that category of, of Bill and Jimmy, who are, who are obviously great at what they do, um, there just weren't that, those opportunities for us. And so, uh, yeah, that was really, fr- that was really frustrating. Um, you know, I really, uh, I, uh, I know Jimmy and Bill and I all take, I'll take the idea of hosting, uh, seriously. I mean, we have fun with it and we, we love it and it brings us great joy, but it, but it's something, it is, a, it is a skill and it is something that you develop. And, you know, I've done hundreds, if not thousands of hours of, of, uh, doing hosting. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit of a, a slap in the face that someone just thinks they can plug anyone into. And then, but then on the other hand, there's other people who end up being great at it who you, you never would know. So, sure. but, um, but then you also got the, I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, there's plenty who aren't. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can maybe be diplomatic, but yeah. uh, uh, that show, I think it was called The Sing-Off. Was, it, was that Nick Lachey? I don't know. Oh, he's sure. terrible. <laughs> yeah. But, I also watch a lot of Food Network, and that's a lot yeah. of a weird thing where it's like, oh, you're a successful restaurateur. Why don't you sure. host a series? That right, right. doesn't always work out. But they've also changed the role of what a host is, and I, for better or for worse. I, I think for worse, but at least they're not having those people do stuff. There's a, there's far less spontaneity that you see. There's far sure. less far less organic conversation, and those are my favorite, you know, favorite parts of the show. I mean, m- most of the shows that I've known over the years, including Go Fact Yourself, like, yes, they have a format, but it's basically an excuse to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of like, you know, I, I wouldn't compare myself to Groucho Marx, although <laughs> the LA Times once. Um, <laughs> no, no, but like, it's, it's really just an excuse. You know, a lot of these things are just like, you know, a ver- very loose structure to hang on right. uh, a, a conversation and, and a spontaneous thing. And so, you know, my favorite kind of shows are where like, yeah, there's points and somebody wins, but it really doesn't matter. It's really more about, you know, what's the conversation that you bring out. So yeah, that, that's an element that I, that I'm 
miss as as these shows, not just game shows, but I think talk shows became a lot more structured, mm-hmm. a lot a lot uh, a lot less willing to be surprised by something that somebody would say. And um, it's interesting that I think podcasts have kind of filled that void in a lot of ways. Yeah. For, first of all, just because it's so much host driven, so many of them, and because you have the time, you have the time to have a yeah. real conversation and have some spontaneity uh, come out. Not I feel like right now, but you know, we, <laughs> I feel like when you see Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. clearly get kind of bored with the talk show format, yeah. change his show, and then while at the same time pivot into podcasting like mm-hmm. i think that that kind of backs up what you're talking about that like there is a certain degree of freedom that comes with podcasting mm-hmm. i think people even people like conan o'brien who have as much freedom as they want right uh but it's like yeah but i still feel constrained right so i'm gonna go here and do this other yeah, thing it just it doesn't seem like there are a lot of tv formats left that that really allow for a host natural curiosity to, mm-hmm. to, be, to be followed and like those are my favorite moments is when yeah. you, you you accidentally <laughs> discover something or you make a joke and someone follows up on it and you you know you completely ditch whatever yeah. interview notes you had because you realize yeah. you're onto something like it, it just seems that podcasts are now the place where that kind of thing happens i guess that's the reason why like um family feud which is a game show that is mm-hmm. still dependent on not knowing what people are going to say is yeah, hosted yeah. by a professional stand-up comedian yeah. right yeah steve harvey's still doing that yeah yeah oh, absolutely yeah no he, he can milk it like anybody yeah and i actually i remember liking uh john o'hurley who uh-huh. was you know more of an actor than anything else but i remember thinking he did a pretty good job with it too mm-hmm. yeah he sort of had that raconteur vibe yeah <laughs> yes that's true yeah he but but you know the, the Jay but, Peterman thing. But you know you're talking about like with Jimmy and Bill and me again. If I can put myself in that category. But you know there were shows that were designed to be comedy game shows that mm-hmm. you know where where you really relied on people to to be able to you know to manage the time to have a conversation and still be uh, still make the, still make sure that the game is happening, but have an awareness that you're doing this in a presentational manner. Uh, that I that I, yeah I re- I really miss that. And and it's not just necessarily that era. I, my, one of my favorite game shows was What's My Line, which I ended up doing a live stage version of. And, uh, you know, th- it was live on television for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have that kind of a format where you're, you're mixing in talking with celebrities and talking with, quote unquote, regular people, um, you know, that, that, that's my very favorite thing to do. And it's and to bring in somebody else. I remember uh, Graham Elwood. Sure. Said like I remember listening. This might have been when he was on our show or some other show, but he had said that like his dream when he was a kid was hosting a game show. Right. And I know a number of people that would, you know, like snobbish people that would find that so tremendously banal that like, Mm. oh, your dream is to host a game show. What kind of shallow person are you? But to this kind of shallow, that's the thing is like there there are people and I myself love game shows and when they're working it's mm-hmm. so mesmerizing yeah, yeah. and so for someone to like genuinely dream to be a part of that right. and then Graham building an entire career out of stand up mm-hmm. mostly so that he can occasionally get like game show host mm-hmm. work is really fascinating mm-hmm. that, like for some people yeah, and that's why it's kind of more maddening when you know someone who's super successful yeah. already is like oh yeah i guess i'll do this what uh, sure I'll, whatever how hard could it be you know? I, imagine, I imagine it's like when an actor decides to like start a band on a lark <laughs> yeah. and you're a musician's like well i guess i'll just be yeah. over here exactly well, 30 seconds to mars does this thing or i just i always feel bad for the other guys like the other guys in the box cutters <laughs> like who actually want to be in a band but right. they will always be second fiddle to Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Who's like, he goes, Hey guys, I can't, uh, we, I can't rehearse. I have to go be in a movie for three months. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, we're still a real band. It's fine. Right. But 
Uh, well, you also like movies. Sure. Um, which I guess is uh, it's a good thing you live in Are there people town. who don't like movies? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Like who? Uh, I can't say. Oh, but someone you, you've had on the show. Hopefully, no. hopefully someone oh. you haven't had on the, the movie interview podcast. No. I, okay. I, on this show, it's mostly been but people, you've met that like people who don't like movies. I am like, related to people that don't really? like movies. Like, yes. Okay. I know people who don't act- like Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you mean actively don't like movies? As because I've not, known people, yeah, like, like, people who don't know movies, who aren't a movie buff, who haven't seen some of the classics. But I'm saying I've like I, I I once had a girlfriend who like didn't she didn't hate movies. She just the movies just weren't on her radar right. at but, all. Yeah, the like, funny people it's not important to. She didn't but you know actually know people who was, oh. was like it was just a weird like she was like oh yeah that's that's not my she could tell you the members of like all the of like punk bands and stuff but okay. she just didn't know anything about movies. I would say the the person that I'm thinking of it, maybe it's not that he actively does not like movies mm-hmm. so much so as he is I've never met somebody so indifferent mm. to movies as a concept uh, which if I ever get stuck in a play in, in like a room with this person and no one else is there I'm like right I don't know what to talk about like is it someone like do they not have a favorite movie I'm sure because like I'm not a big reader but I have a favorite book <laughs> right. or, you know at some point in my life that was important to me I'm sure if you were to ask like him, he'd probably say I really like Okay, That's Raiders right. of the Lost Ark or something right. like that. Something from many years ago. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. But it's that a would very... be tough because that is my and my wife like makes fun of me for it. That like if there's nothing else to talk about, I, I, the thing I always go back right, to right, is right. like, you seen any good movies lately? Or that's the that I it's always interesting. Like, for my, most like, people. It's a go to. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, my dad doesn't like games. And I can't understand that at all. I mean, as I've gotten to know him, it makes more sense. But uh, like, that's like, like, like I like understand. Like, like, no, no, he doesn't. It's not just he doesn't like you know card games or fantasy games or you know games. He doesn't like games of any kind. Like that, sports, he doesn't like. No, no, he'll, he'll enjoy watching a sport or playing okay, a sport, yeah. but a game, like specifically, okay. let's play a game, something you know, something on a table or with a you know with a group of people yeah. has absolutely no interest in, does not derive joy from it. So that um, thing everyone yeah. puts on their online dating profile about how they don't like to play games, that actually oh, no, no, is no, no, true. No, that's, yeah, he means it literally. He means it literally. No, he's totally into emotional manipulation. Oh, no, actually, you, know, you, might, you might be onto something there. Uh, but what about movies? Uh, so the thing I, uh, we ask, uh, I guess, uh, do, you have a, do you have a favorite movie? Uh, I you, think you say so. you have a favorite book. Well, first off, what is your favorite book? I'm curious now. Oh, boy. I think my favorite book might be The Pig Man by Paul Zendel, which I read when I was in hmm. seventh grade, and I, I reread some years ago, and it still makes me cry okay it's pretty That's, it's uh it was very emotional it's a really nice sweet you know uh, young adult book now let me ask you this yes when you reread it and you got yeah. emotional were yeah. you getting emotional about the book or about the time in your life when you read the book uh, probably more the latter okay. but it's still it right. still stuck with me it's, sure, it's sure. still a very sweet book very sweet yeah that's something that happens with movies a lot yeah. of the time um I was uh, I was watching uh, a while ago a documentary called The Rock of Fire Explosion, and it's all about the band from uh, sorry the Pizza. automated band from Showbiz Pizza, uh. um, and there is and some of the interviewees there there is a guy who's just talking about you know he grew up in the eighties and that he just loved every he just tried to keep his child he spent his whole life trying to keep his childhood alive and you see him like play like an old school nintendo and all Mm -hmm. that and i don't look down on any of that but i there are times when i just feel like there has to be some element of arrested development there uh when you literally just when you idealize this moment in your life yeah 
Uh, it definitely is interesting revisiting what you thought were, your, were some of your favorite movies, sure. especially comedies. Oh. Like it's really interesting <laughs> to see the comedies that hold up, hold up. And the worst is when you're showing it to someone and they're seeing it for the first time, and you're like, "No, no, I swear, it's going to get really <laughs> funny." And then you realize, like, I remember loving the original, uh, the in-laws. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, again, I, I would have told you before I rewatched it a few years ago. Oh my god, it's great! It's a classic. You got to see it. They even remade it, and it's, you know Alan Arkin, and you know everything is everything is great. And then I rewatched it with, well, with someone a few years ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, what, was was I an idiot?" Or <laughs> you know, or I guess you know your your sense of humor changes. So uh, that's the case. So to answer your question, I, I've said for many many years that my favorite movie is Avalon. Uh, Barry Levinson oh, film from nice. uh, I think 1990, 1992 or so. Okay, uh, but I haven't rewatched it in at least ten years, so I don't know if it is anymore. Because yeah. there's, there's certainly been a lot of great movies since. But 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 until further notice, that is my favorite movie. I feel like if you, I mean you've seen it in the last ten years, you you're not in a, seen you're it in the last a, ten years. Okay, well, well it's probably been at least ten years since I've seen it. All right. But you've seen it in your adult years. Yes. So I feel like that's, you have a pretty good sense of it. You know? Okay. Um, like yeah. if you said your favorite movie okay. was Adventures in Babysitting and you saw right. it at the time. Right. And that was it. Then I feel like, okay, you might want to rewatch that one. Right. But Avalon, you've seen it. I, to me, recently is anything in the last fifteen to twenty years. Okay, I have um, seen it in the last fifteen. There you go. I, I think you're so good. Yes. Okay, good. Then yeah, that, go. that adult. I know uh, I've used this this uh, example before, but when I was a kid, I watched Willow all the time because uh-huh. I was the perfect age for Willow, and right. I remembered it as this just just like fast paced rollicking adventure movie. And I watched it once, and as, as an adult, yeah. and it's a it's a stinker. It is such a bad movie. It's it was so almost like so many things have been influenced by other things. Like I imagine, like for me, Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite because I remember when I saw it, I'd never seen anything like it. And I, you know, I remember yeah. the exact theater where I saw it and, you know, and, and it was so innovative and different. And then, you know, that's one, that's one I still think does hold up when I, when sure. I have rewatched yeah. it. I'm like, oh my God, this still is, you know, amazing and fresh, but you see how much, uh, how, how much people have taken from it. So mm-hmm. I imagine someone who's seen it for the first time, you know, relatively recently probably thinks like, oh, this is like so many of these other, you know, high octane, multi story you know, noir, modern noir uh, films that are around, but, you know, realize, no, no, but it was the one. Yeah, I think I had that um, the first time I watched, I don't know if you're an anime guy, the first time I watched Akira. I've never seen it. Okay, well, I I think I'd already seen a bunch of anime that was of that era that was, like, influenced by Akira, so I watched it, I was like, what does everyone love about this movie? And I sort of had to, like... Uh, recontextualize myself yeah, yeah. to realize like oh this it's the is same the- thing especially when you also see action movies like old action movies like a lot of times they're still great because you can also just appreciate that how pra- that they were practical stunts mm-hmm. and, you know it's not yeah. the CGI not the wire work and all that but at the same time some of them also look a little uh, like yeah okay well car, cars driving under the subway in New York what's the, what's the big deal because you've seen it again because you've seen it redone so many times I mean French yeah. action obviously still holds up in its right. own way but it's not as you know, it's it doesn't have the mayhem that a lot of these you know uh, newer chasing. I mean, I think yeah, that like, one has a different kind of mayhem because yeah. William Friedkin was insane and yeah, didn't yeah, really yeah. get any permits. Um, <laughs> I think the, the early James Bond movies are kind of like that, where mm-hmm. it's like now when 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 there's a fist fight in the movie in a movie, it's yeah. all like hyper like fast yeah. cuts, and you've got the sound effects that sound like people yeah, punching you like, like John Wick it, to like you know yeah. Thunderball or something. Yeah, yeah. There's so you watch like a, a fist fight in Doctor yeah. No, and it's like it seems like the slowest thing in the world. I do. I can't believe anyone i don't think i've ever said this and maybe nobody has said it i want to go back to willow for a moment um because I'll be in the car. <laughs> that's that's a great example it's on disney plus and so i was i threw it on the other day and yeah as a kid of course i i adored it 
yeah, I adored it because I liked Star Wars. You watch Willow, it's just Star Wars. Like, okay. the Val Kilmer character is Han the last Solo. two minutes, I thought you were talking about Willard. <laughs> oh. I was like, what? and then and then he said, it's like Star Wars. I was like, wait, the rat was like Star Wars? Yeah. And then no, I think Willow, Willow. Ron Howard's yeah. Willow. Yeah. Where they, Look, like I'm just elf, saying I have, like a ma- people yeah. or something. I have a master's degree. Willard is a lot like Star Wars if you look at it <laughs> right, in sure. the right I way. That, yes. I, I've seen Willard for the first time within the last few years. I did not watch that growing up. Uh, I never saw the first one. I saw the remake with Chris Glover, which I liked. But you know who's the, who the actor is in the first one? Yeah, it's Bruce Davison. Bruce Davison. Because mm. um, it's weird to me because I because of when I came of age, I think of Bruce Davison as like, well, he must have always been middle aged because yes, he was always yes. playing like yeah, doctors or dad, politicians yeah. or like that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's weird to see him as this like you know uh, outcast, disaffected young man. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting like how big of a role like childhood plays on things because. I loved Willow because it's like, oh, it's just a fantasy version of this thing I already like. Mm. You get older and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is just a fantasy ripoff of this thing that people already liked. And George Lucas which even is what, produced which is Star Wars. Is it a ripoff of Star Wars? Oh, my, yes. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Okay. And there's even, there's like, oh, and then there's uh, other things that I do appreciate, which is that there is a. They have they take these little digs at uh, critics because oh. there's a Darth Vader type character named General Kale, and then there is a a a two headed dragon that is referred to as an Ebisisk, uh, like Siskel and Ebert, uh, a two headed monster. Wow, I forgot that. Yeah, or maybe never noticed that. Yeah, I, as a kid, how could you? Uh, but yeah, that's something that in retrospect, I'm like, oh yeah. But also, that seems like kind of like a, a self own to like mm-hmm. be, to to know going in like you care sucks. what the critics are going to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, and then another one. Speaking of comedies that sure. like I love and and Star Wars, I loved Spaceballs as mm-hmm. a kid. I've tried watching it now, and it's a it's a slog. It like moves real really slow. There's still some humor, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it is not the laugh riot that I remember when I was uh, eight years old. Uh, yeah, and I have not. Re- there, I, I feel like I was so scarred by revisiting Willow that there are movies from my childhood that I'm like, I'm just going to leave it just there. Le- let I, it be what it like, is. Yeah. Um, but then it's also fun sometimes to 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 watch a movie from your childhood and realize that it's even better sometimes. Or, yes. or like I, I always thought Candyman was a cool horror movie when I was a kid and I've recently realized like, oh, this is a work of art. This is a masterpiece. Candyman's an amazing movie. Uh, I don't know if you're... Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. But do you have anything film? that you've like... I'm sort trying of, to think of that. I'm trying to think if there's something that I, that I thought would be cheesy but then actually ended up holding up. I'll have to give that some more thought. Yeah. Um, and, and some comedies like I think... Um, I guess the like the the Brady Bunch movie came out when I was probably oh, like God. twelve or whatever. I, I also remember where I think I actually might have seen that in the same theater I saw Pulp Fiction. It would have been like the same year, right? I, I, uh, around that's there, yeah. one of the few experiences I had when I saw the, that the Brady Bunch movie where. Uh, I remember just looking around like, can you guys believe this is happening? How, fun, how funny this is? Yeah. Like it, it was, it was, it was like going to a rock concert. People were, people were laughing so much. I did not expect that to be that funny. But when I was a kid, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. I didn't realize that like how, that it was this parody. Oh, and, really? and Interesting. Realize, and it wasn't until 
I, it basically, there was, and they still do it. Like, there was last year, there was a Chips movie. Like, they're still chasing yeah. that. Like, they're still doing, like, there's the Starsky and Hutch was one, the chips, which is Was fun. the Chips a parody? I, think um, I don't know. It, I, I, I it was a comedy. They, I, was I mean, comedy. it was okay. Dak Shepard and Michael Pena. Yeah. Like, that's, but yeah. I think this idea of taking, like, they did it with the Beverly Hillbillies, yeah. like, taking, like, a classic sitcom, it's like, let's put it in the modern day. They just, I mean, yeah. the Adam's Family animated movie is the same idea, but none of them are as none good as... None of them had Betty Thomas directing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, And then that cast was so great. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what kind of movies do you find yourself leaning towards uh, these days, or do you just mm. kind of see anything that you think looks good? I'll see, I'm, I'm I'm kind of cross genre. Uh, I'm a sucker for a heist movie. I'll see almost oh, any cool. heist movie, especially if it's you know already on Netflix or something like that. Sure. Uh, I love baseball, so I'll, I'll probably see most baseball movies. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, it, mostly it's it's a, you know just a director I like, a writer, or sure. an actor kind of a thing. But like I don't I don't have a specific genre or anything that I. Uh, gravitate toward do you i'm surprised how much I've, I've gotten to like some horror movies especially like funny horror movies because sure. that's something i ne- had never had any interest in oh, and really? then when i started seeing like cabin in the woods and right. uh uh what was the other one uh, the, the the two guys save and save a something or kill a zombie or like dave and oh, oh, tucker, tucker and dale versus yeah there you go that yeah. One. yeah that one's great that's yeah, a really yeah. good movie like just realizing like oh they can be smart and really funny and 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 uh, high energy you know not not yeah. like I hated the ones where where they were just like slow and dark and creepy and you know a guy a guy and then the jump scares kind of stuff but yeah ones that were kind of uh, you know sleek and interesting and stylized I started to realize oh I kind of like those yeah, yeah I I've come to appreciate like. 80s slasher movies like mm-hmm. as its own genre yeah that, that but it's not a it's not a genre i it's one i acknowledge yeah. and appreciate and in yeah. doing so i say it's for a very specific group yeah hmm. i'm not going to denigrate it i'll just say it's not necessarily for me yeah and then often i'll go to some a marvel movie or marvel type movie usually with a friend of mine who knows that stuff cold because mm-hmm. i don't know any of it just yeah. so i can ask a bunch of questions which he seems to find just darling uh, the, <laughs> the things that i don't understand so but like, I think, who's that guy what you know I, and it's always interesting because like like i don't like, like to me they're almost all about the same and so it's interesting like him him uh telling me which ones are actually good or not good the type of people and this isn't this is not a denigration either but mm-hmm. i'm saying the type of people who tend to know a lot about that kind of stuff yeah they live for being asked about it. That's I all they so. want to do is, tell, so. is like is is regurgitate all the knowledge that they've yes. committed to memory. Yeah. You know, that's but it also kind of makes me mad because it's like my you know sixteen seventy bucks is as good as the next guy's. Why shouldn't I get to understand what I'm seeing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like why, why do I have to why do I have to bring a consigliere uh, to, to, to explain it? And I do think the the Marvel movies for the most part do a pretty good job of just like explaining things. But at the same no, time, no, I grew no, up no. reading comics. So. Yeah, no, I didn't, and yeah. and. Like I saw the like the last Spider Man movie and I liked it a lot, but but then there was all this other stuff that had nothing to do with the story we were watching because apparently there were other movies that had to somehow have a have a say for yeah. you know for ten or fifteen minutes at a time. So it's like, why? Who's this guy? Why is he flying? Why is why is he fighting that guy? Why, what happened to the what happened to the spider? I, I don't know if you're a dad or not, but those are really good dad type oh, questions. Really? Oh, who's funny. this guy? Who's yeah. this? What happened to that guy? Yeah, I don't get it. What's going on? <laughs> uh, I, I I didn't see the Although, Spider-Man. Movie. It's funny. One of my very favorite movies, what might be my favorite movie actually, uh, more recent was was uh, Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely adored. Although I saw it twice, both times I was a little high, so I need to see it. <laughs> it's quite possible that made it my favorite. But both times I was like, oh my god, this is this is literally the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really. Cool. And I should probably see it again. Or oh, shouldn't I? Maybe I shouldn't ruin it. Maybe yeah, I should maybe just yeah. say that's my favorite movie. It's. Uh, I mean, I. Um, 
stone cold sober all the time yeah. and I enjoyed the movie tremendously. Yeah, and I didn't know all who the different Spider-Mans were and I didn't know why, you yeah. know, I didn't know why certain things were happening, but I thought I thought you kind of didn't need to. You know, I, I just accepted like, oh, okay, I guess there's a, a Spider-Man who's a pig with a John Mulaney. It's like, I yeah. guess that's just, that's just a thing. It was very, it was very easy yeah. for me to accept that. To my knowledge, those other Spider-Man, I think some of them, like the film noir uh, yeah. Spider-Man, the one, yeah. I think like was created just for the movie, but I might be no, wrong no, about no, that. No, oh, Spider-Man noir. Tweets. Oh, sorry. Spider-Man noir does exist. Yeah. It does exist? It, it did. I don't, I don't some, think it was yeah. a very long, I think it was a miniseries mini or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A comic miniseries. But I didn't know any of those guys other than regular Spider-Man. And even yeah. he was barely in it. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man noir is my favorite of the Spider-Man from Spider-Verse. He's, he's my favorite the way one. it looked and the way it, um, the music was so great. And is your favorite the Spider-Ham? Is that what you... No, no. Uh, I don't remember which... I like the one with the colors. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you. I, okay. I don't know if I could name all... Wait, wait. There was like an anime one. There was the pig. There was the noir. Yeah. There was the kid. Right. And then there was sort of like the general white guy with a chiseled face. These, was there, there was one? the older... Older, older Peter half, Parker, yeah, right? Lost. That was Jake Johnson? <laughs> yeah, Jake Johnson. Yeah. yeah I don't and then is. if you stayed to the credits, there was Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Which is like a yeah. meme. I, again, I, I only know that yeah. as a meme I've seen on Twitter. But it was voiced by Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't even, I'm not up on memes. And uh. so like, I didn't even know that was a meme until right. I, then I saw the movie and then I went back and I was like, oh, apparently a lot of people know this yeah. and uh, I do not. Just, there's too much to know. <laughs> there's just too much to know nowadays. How can you know all this stuff? Yeah, and I, I, I do get like, I stress myself out not wanting to be out of touch. Yeah. So um, sometimes, yeah, if, if I were to have missed out on that meme, like, uh, uh, I would beat myself up about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, but, isn't, but isn't there anything that you that you find out it's like okay younger people are into this thing and i just found out about it is there anything you're like i can live without knowing that or is it just the fact that like do not like to judge anything what what do you mean do i not like Like, for example if there's a meme that is just dumb uh uh, granted sorry most of them are dumb but (laughs) this theoretical dumb meme also i'll I'll suspend my disbelief if it's an acronym if there's something that's language i like to i don't like to not know what it is i like to know what it means just okay especially if you're seeing it over and over but a visual meme or anything else pop culture like i I don't i don't mind not knowing or if there's like like a turn of phrase or something like that that people that like younger people know right and they use and then i don't know it and then i find out know it they're not using it anymore that is that's probably true especially with music i'll be like oh this this artist must be the hot new thing. And like, Oh, they've had four mixtapes have come and gone in there. He like, flamed out and died eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of good art, uh, in whatever medium, uh, can be appreciated by people who know both. Like I, I like I was just watching like, uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live, they did a, they did this music video with Pete Davidson and uh, Sam Rockwell was playing Stanley Tucci, and it was this music video. It was called like Tucci Gang, I think, uh-huh. and, and it was this really great. It was like it was this wonderful, you know, rap song video with with Sam Rockwell as, as Stanley Tucci. How delightful! And then uh, I find out months later, it's based on a real song uh-huh. and a real music video that they were trying to parody shot for shot, called I think Gucci Mane or Gucci, Gucci Mane is yeah, a rapper. Yeah, Gucci yeah. Mane is a rapper, and the song. Yeah. 
Again, I don't know what it, uh, the the rapping song he was doing uh, was called was called something like Gucci something that yeah. rhymed, Gucci maybe it's Gucci Gang. Oh, boy, I'm old, uh, but I love that. Like I had no idea, and I was still entertained because I thought what a, what a lovely uh, uh, rapping music video song about uh, about Stanley Tucci. And I saw this little interview with Pete Davidson where he said young people are, are going to know uh, the the Gucci uh, song and not not necessarily know who Stanley Tucci is, and the older people yeah. are going to know who Stanley Tucci is and not know the Gucci song. And he was exactly. Right, right. And I remember when I watched SNL and I was in the young group, and now now I am not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've stumbled but I into that it worked in both levels because once I knew the video and saw how they parodied, I was like, "That's even better." We've stumbled into a hot topic this week on the internet, which is because that uh, uh, a lot of uh, people, probably older than us, uh, are freaking out because Billie Eilish had never heard of Van Halen. I don't know if oh, you... Exactly. <laughs> so she was on, uh, she was a guest on Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel yeah. was saying, when I was your age, it was the mid-80s, yeah. and he was, like, quizzing her about, yeah. like, the music of the time, and she, like, knew Madonna, knew Madonna, and he was, like, and he said, do you know any Van Halen songs? Mm-hmm. And she had never even heard of right. Van Halen. And so you've got a bunch of people being like, oh, these, you know, basically like, yeah, these kids she's don't not know. doing, like, that kind of music. Yes. It's like, it's one it, thing to, to know your your predecessors if you're... In in that era or sorry, yeah. in that genre, but who, who cares? I don't know. I, I just find that so tired. The whole thing of old people complaining about what the kids don't know anymore. I've just kind of, I've just kind of come to accept it. I, I write on a game show, and yeah. a lot of times we make you know we make questions and jokes that like our audience isn't going to know. And I'm like, once in a while, I'm kind of frustrated. But it's like, yeah, when I was 25, I didn't know most shit anyway this, either. This is the thing. So yeah, two th- my two main reactions to the whole Billie Eilish Van Halen thing is a the people who are. Uh, in sense that she doesn't know who Van Halen is, yeah. they probably don't know Billie Eilish. Right. Like, yeah. So why don't you do the work right. uh, the other way? And the other thing, uh, and this is me getting a little judgmental, Van, if you didn't grow up with it, Van Halen are not a seminal act. Yeah. To me, they're a big 80s act. They're right, like, yeah. if I were in high school, if I were Billie Eilish's age, right. and someone, uh, or when yeah, I were Billie Eilish's age, like if someone maybe like, the Rolling Stones you could give uh, her grief for? Right, yeah. Because they're, they're still active like, and they've been around forever? If someone asked Teenage Me, like, how do you not know who Tommy James and the Chandels are? <laughs> <laughs> That would be the equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, again, I was sort of kidding about it, but it's like there's just there's too much to know. And also, like, the music is distributed in such a different way now that, you know, it was so it was so limited that, of course, you would know who that is. But, yeah. you know, a lot of there are a lot of popular artists who don't have records. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so why, why would you know that? Or, you know, there's not there's not, uh, you know, when, back in my day, you know, when we were watching MTV. Those that was where you watched music videos, and those were the same, you know, twenty songs that they played all day. So of course you would know that. Yeah, everyone had the same sort of exposure. My version of that right now is so I uh, I'm a college professor, sorry, adjunct instructor, oh. but uh, master, master, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you yes. teach? What do you you teach? make them I teach, teach uh, call you master, right? Yes, <laughs> apparently it's that's a problem. Um, <laughs> but uh, I teach uh, film history and aesthetics. Oh, and uh, and then at the beginning of every class, mm-hmm. uh, I ask, like, hey, what has everyone seen in the last yeah, week? Yeah. And then I say, like, I saw this movie or that yeah. movie. And so I saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is the Mr. Rogers movie. Oh, no. And then I thought, wait a minute. He died in 2003. Right. These kids are n- between 19 and 22. Yeah. And so I said, like, how many people here know who Mr. Rogers is? And there's right. probably, like, two hands out of wow. 20 or, or 25. And I don't necessarily judge them for that. Yeah. More than anything, it's just, it's, I, I'm just 
bummed for them well, because again, I feel like there's oh yeah a, absolutely you know, but again, well, they but had Steve from Blue's Clues yeah that's, yeah. that'll be fine <laughs> but that's the thing like when I came you know when I was a kid like there was one channel to watch that had kids yeah. programming on so of course everybody who had a TV was watching Mr. Rogers but yeah, yeah. we yeah. didn't have the you know we didn't have cable or you know Nickelodeon and, and all no. this other stuff so if, like there, there's it, yeah you, I think you can be sad for them oh you missed out on this wonderful thing yeah but no they're not idiots for not knowing that it's like they're you, you each generation has their own yeah. choices of what there are and they keep expanding yeah, and especially the music thing. Like, I if you are a musician and you don't know an older musician, I right. guess I can understand someone being frustrated with that. But at the same time, music is huge. Yeah. <laughs> like, it encompasses stuff right. yeah. from hundreds of years ago yeah. to right now. Exactly, all these different genres. And so, yeah, it's. I, I think people obviously. I think a lot of people just look for a way to make themselves feel better or superior. Well, I remember the, the other thing made me think of something happened almost twenty years ago. Now, when Avril Lavigne, when she was saying like, because she had Skater Boy, and she was like, "I'm punk," and she would mm-hmm. say she was punk, and. Uh, she didn't know who the Sex Pistols were. Mm. And then her response was, I don't need to know who they are because I'm young and they're like old, right? Mm. And so a bunch of like, old punks were up in arms but to me that's the punkest thing I've ever yeah, heard anyone say yeah, I don't right. need to know right, who the right, sex posters right. are because they're old yes. that is the that is awesome but uh, yeah the only thing anyone needs to know about Van Halen is that their second lead singer uh, owns a surprisingly good restaurant chain uh, called Cabo Wapo mm. <laughs> That is, yes, I guess that is one of the things I do know about them, and mostly because of you. Um, so, you know, it's, oh yeah, uh, speaking of, you mentioned not having having cable, uh, J. Keith. Um, I grew up, uh, I grew up at a time when all my friends have ca- had cable. Mm-hmm. All my peers to this day grew up on cable. Mm-hmm. I didn't have cable growing up. So, like, it's a, com- it's a common thing with my wife. Well, she'll make a reference to, like, salute your shorts, or mm-hmm. are you afraid of the dark, or, like, Doug or all these things that I never, mm-hmm. I never watched and I don't get the reference. And because I didn't have all that 24 hour a day kid programming, mm-hmm. I am way more familiar with things. Yeah, like, you're going to say I'm way more smart. Than no, but like, <laughs> like I will make references to like new heart and right. mash and like something yeah, yeah. that wasn't for kids, <laughs> right. but I was watching it because I didn't have Nickelodeon or right. whatever. You would have, yeah. we would have been happy to watch. Hey dude, if you had given the opportunity, <laughs> probably although in retrospect, I'm glad that I saw so much mash mash is good. Yeah, and I'm uh, if it's it. between Mash, a show you know I don't necessarily love, but if it's between that and Hey Dude, mm-hmm. I think you're all right. But I think because okay. my wife and I were rewatching Deadwood recently, and William Sanderson to me from will always be from Newhart. You know, uh, mm. my what does he say? My, my brother, brother Daryl, my brother Daryl, Daryl, and I made some reference to that. And my wife was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, she knows him as uh, J.F. Sebastian from Blade Runner. Obviously, Probably, sure. Um, yeah, or and that I, one episode of Lost. Blade Runner. I was just in New York and I went to a Broadway show. And uh, there was a woman there. She was wearing a Blade Runner twenty forty nine like crew jacket, and mm. it was it was oh. the, it was at the intermission. And uh, and I, w- I was there with my girlfriend, and she was there alone. And I thought, oh, you know, shook up a conversation. I was like, oh, so I saw your your tw- your Blade Runner jacket. Did you work on the movie? She's like, oh yeah, I did. And I also worked on the original. I was like, oh, what were you doing? And I thought she was you know like a grip or something like that. She's like, oh, I was in it. 
And and uh, and she says, "My name is Sean." And I realized oh. I, I really we're sitting next to Sean Young. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and it was one of those things because I'm not a sci-fi guy uh, at yeah. all. It's one of those. It was one of those many oppor- Sorry, it's one of those many experiences where I realized, oh, somebody else would be so <laughs> grateful for this right now. Yeah. Like she's well. She actually had been on an original. Uh, had, had been on one of my old shows, and I, which I reminded her of, and she had absolutely no no memory, yeah. which, which I don't blame. It's like asking her, you know, about a piece of paper she filed 20 years ago. <laughs> but um, but I thought that, that just since you mentioned, it, I thought that, that would bring that up, and then we quickly talked about how uh, what we didn't like about Moulin Rouge which is what that's, we were seeing that's, oh, oh okay. that's what you were yes, seeing I was yes, like yes, how, yeah. how did it get to that we were seeing like, Hamilton yes. and just, yeah, yeah. No, we both hate Moulin Rouge we were the, the, the so musical um, uh, Moulin Rouge oh yeah I would have been starstruck by Sean yeah. Young from Blade Runner also uh, she looked great no way she was out, weird I didn't recognize her right away because she, she looks she looks well she, yeah. she, you know, she's wearing a cap I think she was in you know Sean Young disguise right but uh, but I thought it was pretty cool that she wasn't like oh I did this and that she was like oh I'm I was in it and I was in the first one because I'm Sean Young yeah um and that's, I guess if, you, if you're in New York and you see someone wearing like a crew or like movie gear, you yeah, can, you can say like, okay, maybe they worked on it. Right, right. Here, it's like they probably got it at Goodwill. Right, right. <laughs> the, yes. the Goodwill yes. is filled with, yeah, with, yeah. with, with like, like uh, hanging, hanging with Mr. Cooper uh, <laughs> yeah. swag. <laughs> yeah, a baseball hat that says the core. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a question. Since, we're, uh, since we've kind of gotten into this idea of, of nostalgia and, and liking stuff that's older than you or whatever, um, do you feel like there are just some people that, and I'm not saying this is good or bad. Uh, do you think there are just some people that are inclined to be interested in older things? I think so. I, uh, yeah, but I, I think a lot of times that they they think they're super special. Sure. <laughs> like I meet yeah. a lot of those. I meet, I meet a lot of those people who are just like you know. I prefer, I think all movies should be in black and white. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but I also kind of respect it. Like we've we've uh, on, on on my podcast on Go Fact Yourself, we ask people the guests to have to provide us with a few topics that they know a lot about outside mm-hmm. their expertise. Then we quiz them, quiz on them. So it's always interesting to to see what people bring up because you know a lot of times the same sort of pop culture stuff comes up. And then once in a while, you know, like we had Erica Rhodes on, and we ask her, you know, can you give us a favorite movie or something? And she chose The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Oh, oh sure, <laughs> yeah, like, good movie. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, you know, that, that that's kind of fun. But uh, are there people who gravitate towards that? I I think just I think to some degree, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, earlier about our conversation about you know why we like what we like, and I, I know like Lauren Michaels always says that people's favorite whenever he meets people, he tells them you know they're, when, when he when they thought Saturday Night Live was the best, it's almost always when they were in junior high, yeah, yeah. It's like because like that's that was sort of what their sense of humor is. So yeah, I think depending sort of what your what your background is, I, I, I think it's I think it's willful ignorance though to, to think that there's not. Uh, art, you know, that's worthy that's still being made today. Like, I think that's just yeah. pretentious as as saying that you know only you know only Marvel movies are great. You know, I think that's as bad as saying that you yeah. know, there's nothing redeeming in them. Like, I remember, so I did have cable, uh, and so back when Comedy Central was called the Ha Network, sure, um, I watched a lot of it, um, and they showed. What was what, the best of Saturday Night Live, and they mm-hmm. showed like stuff from the 1970s, mm-hmm. and I I was a kid, so of course I thought Mr. Bill was hilarious, yep. but I laughed at so much of this stuff. Not, and I don't think I quite realized that it was made by the time I was watching it that it was it had been made like 12 or 13 years before. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was just like. It's what was in front of me, and so right. it's present. It's right, happening but right you, now. Like, did you know who Gerald Ford was? No, not at all. I just I saw. Oh, the president, a person of respect, is falling down. That's right. funny. Um, and then like the basomatic and all yeah. that sort of thing. And uh, even as a kid, I didn't understand the coneheads, and I think I still don't. Um, I'm just like, oh yeah, they're they come from France. That's funny. Um, 
but yeah, I do think, uh, this is something that we've talked about before that there are people who romanticize like mm-hmm. movies of the past or really any art of the past. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, Oh, movies were just better than it's like, no, the movies you're watching from then are the ones that have stood the test of time because right. they're There's good. Plenty of crap. Yeah. We see everything now. So we right. know all the good and bad. Whereas we're only getting the stuff right, that right, has right. risen to the top. Yeah. From that's the past. a really good point. Yeah. A lot of times, especially if you look back at like what was nominated for Oscars, <laughs> and you're like, what? Never heard of that one. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, not, like, not that that's the only, ar- you know, obviously they're not a right. arbiter all the time of what was of, of quality, but it's just interesting. Like how many things do fall through the cracks and then some, some of those end up being great and get, get rediscovered. I remember one of my favorite, it was a few years ago, but one of my favorite lines that was used, somebody was uh, presenting at the Oscars for best director and they said, you know, we'll, you know, soon we'll discover who's going to be in the ranks of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, Billy Wilder and Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg. And then who's going to be, uh, uh, cast into the dustbin of history with Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick. You know? <laughs> and I remember being like, that's great. That's yeah, a great idea. That's, that's and, and I love it because it kind of undercuts yeah, yeah. the value of the Oscars while right. in the middle of the Oscars. Right. That's great. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, I feel like we, I had, we had we've more. covered a lot of, a lot of material. Lot. I know we've, here, we've been yeah. going like a mile a minute here. Um, uh, any other any other favorite movies? Uh, I said that. Oh, uh, yeah, probably a bunch of them. Uh, North by Northwest, sure. Uh, Singing in the Rain. Why mm-hmm. uh, uh, can't I'm blanking on the name? Uh, Wrecking for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that huh. kind of stuff. Magnolia. Oh, okay. God, I could I could just watch that almost every day. I've, I've weirdly um, revisited North by Northwest multiple times oh, in yeah. the last year uh, because my, our nephew was staying with us and he'd never seen it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you'd love this. And then they showed it at the they did one of the outdoor screenings at the uh, oh, Gene yeah. Autry this this past summer. Oh, I would have um, gone to that. Uh, yeah, the I know the the Hollywood Forever is the one that gets yeah. all the. I go there. The, I've been there a few times. Yeah, and that, but that's like it's a whole ordeal now. Yeah. It's like you have to get there way early and stuff. Yeah. The Autry. I, I, I hope I'm not like blowing up their spot, yeah. but uh, the Autry is the place to go see uh, outdoor screenings. It's the same thing uh, with like you, you bring a blanket and snacks. Yeah, but you don't have to line up super early. There's uh, free parking right there. That is There's nice. food. I, I, I still love the Hollywood Forever. I can't believe yeah. it has not been ruined by people who live in LA. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. like it's been that. It's still that great for that long. Like people actually watch the movie and how good the sound and, uh, yeah. and how good it looks yeah. and all that. Yeah, I was there. Uh, saw The Exorcist uh, uh, there this past summer. That was um, I, I seen singing in the rain there was oh, unbelievable cool. like you know with with people who obviously had not seen it before you know with it with a huge crowd and and outdoors and and hearing the laughs and hearing the gasps you know as as gene kelly is you know doing his moves and all that was just it was really special yeah yeah there was um i forget uh, so i was i was taing for a class that showed singing in the rain mm-hmm. and then uh, sorry singing in the rain mm-hmm. there's an apostrophe there <laughs> uh and so when i went and taught my section i showed a, a clip from uh, I believe uh, is it called? It's always fair weather. I think that's that might be it. Uh, but it's another Gene Kelly uh, okay. vehicle, and it features him uh, dancing on roller skates. Mm. And it is. I mean, you're not thinking of Xanadu. <laughs> I'm thinking of Xanadu. Okay. That's yeah. it. Uh, and it's one of those things that just like my student. Like I've seen it a million times, and then yeah. my students are watching it, and it's like. And he's, he's like tap dancing and then he will just like have this big sweeping motion and he's like, he's like glided for, mm. for 15 feet and then he starts doing it again. It's just like, 
How is he not falling? Right, right, what right. is going on here? How is anybody able to do this? Well, watching like Harold Lloyd movies, like I, I just went to a screening of Safety last oh, uh, yeah. a month or so ago, and it's like, you know, even knowing how some of the camera tricks are done, it's yeah. still just mind-boggling. Yeah. And then you see, you know, or, or seeing like these, these long chase scenes that'll happen in some of his other movies. Yeah. Uh, and you, and then you find out like, oh yeah, he broke his wrist there, and that's where he, you yeah. know. And then this is this is this done. He did, when he was hanging off the building here. That was after he had uh, blown a bomb, his fingers yeah, yeah. off in one of his in one of his hands. And so it's like, yeah. And um, I, I think so. I, I'm really really grateful that I did uh, at my college. I did a film comedy class, and, as did uh, I. Yeah. And uh, and that we that it, it was chronological, and that we started with a lot of those because I had heard of Chaplin and maybe seen a couple of movies, but but seeing yeah. Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd is the the one who does it for me. Uh, and so, and uh, yeah, me as well. I yeah. love him. So, I, so, so I like getting, Carol, getting to see the freshman and getting to see safety last and, you know, and then again, but you really need to see it with an audience, you know, to, to, yeah, to appreciate that's true. that. Yeah. I, um, I saw, this was a years, probably five years ago, uh, an outdoor screening downtown, um, at the, whatever that it's called the like California Plaza at the top of the angels flight uh-huh. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, they showed, uh, Sherlock, uh, Sherlock jr. Yeah. With, uh-huh. with live accompaniment, but they, yeah. they, before Sherlock jr. Because Sherlock jr. Is really short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also showed cops, mm-hmm. the, the Buster Keaton short. And that, ha- I know he like broke his spine making the general or whatever, but the right. Isn't well, he? Was, he I, fell I, off I think the, it was, I think it was Sherlock jr. Where oh, okay. he's, he's on top of a train He's running one way, the train's okay. going the other, and then he fell in in a way where the back of his neck is it landed. He's like dangling over the side. Is it that one? There was one where he like he, he kind of collapsed. Anyway, whatever. He I don't remember exactly which which one it is, but yeah. he he la- he falls and his the back of his neck hit the rail, Oof. and he was he goes, oh man, this really hurts, and he had like a pounding headache for weeks, and then didn't do anything because he was just used to that, and he was a bit of a drinker, yeah. um, and. Uh, and then years later, uh, he was getting an X-ray for something. It was like twenty years later, and the, and the guy's like, "Hey, when did you?" The doctor said, "When did you break me, break your neck?" And he goes, "I didn't know that I did." And he goes, <laughs> "You know what? I bet it was. I bet yeah. it was this moment." But what I was going to say in cops, the one that got the big reaction is when all the cops are coming at him from every different yeah. alley. And a car drives by, and he grabs onto the car at full speed, and yeah. just like, yeah. and you see his whole body just yeah. like leave the ground, spread eagle yeah. out, and yeah, and and <laughs> and, uh, and that one got a big reaction because my, and I remember talking to you, Tyler, after the afterwards because Tyler's Tyler knows a lot of silent comedy, and I was like, how did he not? pull his arm out of his socket yeah. and you were like he probably did yeah <laughs> he's, well, a tr- he's a trooper yeah. I remember seeing one I don't, I don't know which of the, the it was either Buster Keaton or Harold Lloyd where it, it was some big car chase and the, the car hits like a big pothole and kind of like falls apart a little bit mm-hmm. and it wasn't part of the <laughs> script yeah and but that's what they shot so you know the film teacher was telling me so like they they all recon the teacher i read in a book uh they all kind of reconvened and decided okay how can we like the, the yeah. movie has to go on from here like this is the only car that we have and it's got to make it to the finish line yeah so they figured out some plot where he you know gathers around people and they lift it and they you know crank the wheel around and, and all this kind of stuff but i love i love that how improvisational they got to be or i guess had to be yeah I mean, the, they had like they had the official story, and then yeah. they had their team of gag men who right. just like, all right, it's been forty five seconds right, right, without right. a gag. We need something. Right. It's like, all right, a mouse ra- runs up the right. the leg of his pants. That right. tended to be something that they did. <laughs> uh, a lot of ladders. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, I remember. Yeah. 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 Bring a ladder in here. We're in a church. Yeah, they got ladders. The guy. 
<laughs> the guy, uh, yeah, in that silent comedy class, I was so happy that I that I took it. I mm-hmm. just kind of took it on a whim, having seen a fair amount of Chaplin. I think I had only seen the general, wasn't familiar with Lloyd at all, and then the last guy was Langdon. I was going to say Harry Langdon. Yeah, and we had only wa- we only watched the strong man mm-hmm. uh, in that one because uh, class got snowed out uh, another day, and uh, Langdon is a guy who is. He was so unlike the other yeah. the other ones. Like everybody else, they were they were all about like this constant, this like fast he's motion. The, yeah. He's the exact opposite. Right. He's just like everything was just drawn out and quiet. And he was like this impish little kid who's constantly processing how am I going to respond to this? Right. And it was usually I'm going to suck him in the face. Right. <laughs> but after like 20 minutes of thinking about what he's going to do, yeah. man, uh, strongman is is great. I love it. Well, uh, this has been a blast, mm-hmm. right? That's it. I, unless you have more, do you want to I mean, talk? Yeah. When are we going to talk about Nazis? Yeah, oh, that's right. No, 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 I guess we didn't cover that. <laughs> oh, Harold, uh, Harold Lang- Harry Langdon was a big, uh, big supporter. Oh, of, there you uh, go. It all yeah. comes together. <laughs> have um, you seen? Uh, actually, speaking of which, yes. have you seen The Great Dictator? I have. That's that's one that I really. I haven't seen it recently. I'm curious if what uh, how it how would how I'd react to it nowadays. How it holds up. I, me- I, I remember the time thinking like thinking it was, it was rather preachy, which it needed to be. Yeah, <laughs> but and, uh, Chaplin tended to be that as yeah. well. Um, and it was I, weird. Remember a couple of years ago when the speech from Great Dictator was in like a truck ad. Was no. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is. Oh, Chaplin would have hated that. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, the scene, the one that like, I enjoy him, I, mm-hmm. I think he's great, but Jack Oakey shows up as That's the, uh, the Mussolini guy and the two of them, these two maniacal dictators, yeah. each one trying to like one up another yeah. is some of the funniest stuff oh, I've, okay. I've ever seen. I love it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, if I were a better podcast host, I would have prepared some trivia questions for you because, uh, you're a trivia guy. Um, where can people find you, uh, uh, on the internet? Sure. Uh, well, my, the, the show I do is called go fact yourself. Our website is gofactorpod.com and, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at gofactorpod. I still have a website I haven't updated since 2013. So if you want to see what I was up to then, you can go <laughs> to jkeith.net and, uh, yeah, like, I'm webs- interested in this her yes. movie. What's yes. this about? <laughs> And uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, uh, yeah. So the show is called Go Fact Yourself. It's a it's a game show with celebrities where we do trivia and, and talk about different people's interests and expertise. And we tape live in uh, L.A. So if you're in the L.A. area and want to come to one of our tapings, it's usually free. And you can go to GoFactorPod.com for schedule and tickets. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And wherever you get podcasts, Go Fact Yourself. Go Fact Yourself. F-A-C-T. Uh, okay. Uh, and you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Also, patreon.com slash battleshippretension. This week uh, on the show, we, we, we caught up on uh, the TV we've been, wa- we've been watching. So if you mm-hmm. want our thoughts on the new seasons of The Good Place and Silicon Valley and uh, the stuff that Tyler was watching as well, yes, <laughs> um, you can uh, find that uh, at patreon.com slash battleshippretension. Tiers start as low as $2 a month. Yes. Uh, uh, on the website this week, we've got, I, I reviewed a bunch of, a, a bunch of shit. You got my review views of in fabric the aeronauts midnight family and the disappearance of my mother should all be up uh by the time you're hearing this um and um make sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts email us at david at or tyler at i'm on twitter at davy pretension tyler's on twitter at tyler pretension do you have anything else to plug real quick tyler yes over more than one lesson um by the time this goes up, in a couple of days, uh, there will be a new episode of More Than One Lesson at morethanonelesson.com, and it will be about uh, Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life. Oh, that should be great. That should be fun. 
Yes. I didn't know to say good or great, and I said good. And you, good. and then you went to fun, and any yeah. conversation of Terrence Malick is always super fun. Uh, uh, thin red line <laughs> laugh. I thought I'd cry. <laughs> that reminds me the other night. I, I can't remember what it was. My wife was like telling me about something that was like food related and I was like oh yum and then she told me about something else that wasn't food related and I was like oh yum and she was like you're not supposed to eat that candle or whatever it was that she was talking about but uh, apparently I need to pay more attention to people uh, I think Uh, I could see that yeah well uh, thank you again for being here Jake. oh my pleasure thanks so much for having me guys thank you at home for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.